Welcome to Food Talk for Health, because you really are what you eat. Here is your host, Tonya King. My guest today is author Jacqueline Haskins. Today we're talking about the brand new book, Kick-Ass Healthy Lada. Thanks for joining me, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. This is a fascinating book. There are so many people that can benefit from the information you have in this book. And I was reading your story. Just interesting how you even got to the point of figuring out that you had Lada, if you will. Give us some background on what your situation is and why you decided to do the book. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, As you say, I was like many people who have this disease and had I had no idea that I had it. About four years ago, my doctor told me that I had type 2 diabetes, and I never questioned that until a friend who happens to be a physical therapist, so she's in that medical world, said, well, wait, has anyone talked to you about LADA? And I said, what the heck is LADA? Because I had never heard of it. But once I started learning about it and reading about it online, I thought, this sounds like me. And, and, tell, and tell our listeners what LADA stands for. It stands for latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. And I tell people that such an alphabet soup name, don't worry too much about it except that you'll notice that word autoimmune in there and that that's very key. Um, And a lot of people like to call it diabetes one and a half because so many people know about type one and type two. And this is just touching in and letting people know, yes, and this is an additional type one and a half that needs different treatments and has different, different best ways of living So if you've been misdiagnosed with a different type of diabetes, it's really important to get correctly diagnosed. But, you know, how does anyone know if they've been misdiagnosed? Because reading your book, it sounds like you went to two doctors before you got to a third one that actually diagnosed you correctly. Is that right? Yes, that is the tragedy and exactly why I wrote the book, because so many people, so many of the public have never heard of it. And so many doctors don't pay attention to it or aren't up on it, even though it's been known for 40 years. And you asked, how does a person know? Well, if you've been diagnosed as type 2, but things just don't seem, something seems off, or treatments that used to work aren't working well anymore, or if you're a very fit, active person, or honestly, there's been a, back in 2020, an international panel of doctors just said, you know what, we should just test everyone that we've diagnosed type 2. We should just test them all for LADA because one out of 10 people who've been told they're type 2 are actually LADA. And the only way to know if you have it is with this uh, simple, straightforward blood work. So it's not a big ask of your doctor to say, please, please just run you know, half the time your doctor takes wants to take your blood anyway, say, can you just w- run that one extra test and double check whether I have LADA? So most doctors then should know what it means to test for LADA. Is it testing the antibodies? Is it testing the beta cells? What exactly oh, yeah. is it testing? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's just looking for antibodies. And uh, in my book, I lay out 
Because there's actually about four different antibodies it might be. So they'll start with the most common one. So I do lay out if people want to know exactly the names of the tests. But also, if you go to your doctor and just say, I want to double check whether I have this, they will know what to do. So let me get this straight. Let's say someone has a high A1C reading. They go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, it's type 2 diabetes. Do you just accept that or do you? is it important to maybe try to find out whether you do have LADA? And if you do, how does that differ from having type 2? I, I really encourage people to ask the question and find out if they do have LADA because if you do, the best thing you can do for yourself is get correctly diagnosed as early as possible. And um, yeah, unfortunately, right now, a lot of times, as you say, you go to the doctor, they see that your blood sugars have been bouncing high, and they look at you, and if you're above middle age, they may just say, oh, you know, 80% 80 of people with diabetes have type 2. I'm just going to assume you have type 2. And I'm like, well, let's not play those odds. Let's find out for sure. Exactly. Yes, so, because so, if, if it's autoimmune, you mentioned our beta cells. And if it's autoimmune, it means that your pancreas and the cells that make insulin, which are your beta cells, are under attack. They're being attacked right now. And so the sooner you find out that they're being attacked, the earlier you can take action to protect them. So this is actually something you have been through. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I just feel so lucky that I had a friend who knew about LADA because I didn't hear about it from my doctor. And I hear that same story from so many people. Just last week, someone told me she was misdiagnosed for 16 years. But, you know, a lot of people are misdiagnosed four, five years, and their doctor starts asking, you know, what are you doing wrong? Because you're not being a good type two. <laughs> and you could turn that back on the doctor. I mean, I don't want to be sound too critical, but you could say, well, why don't we find out exactly what disease I actually have? Exactly. So it sounds like the A1C number is the key factor that starts things rolling. Is that true? Yes. Um, and A1C is... Again, it's short for an alphabet soup, but what it does is it looks at your blood cells and it looks to see if there's a lot of sugar stuck on the outside of your blood cells. And um, if there is, the doctors know that your body is struggling to process the food that you eat because we all make insulin. Everyone listening right now has insulin running through their body. It's a natural hormone that we all make. And what it does is when we eat food, insulin takes that food and puts it into our cells. But if, if we're having an insulin issue, some kind of diabetes, then that, that food isn't getting where it wants to get, and it builds up in our blood instead, which can cause all kinds of problems. So when they look at your blood and realize that there's all this extra sugar stuck in there, they're like, oh, you're having some you're struggling with insulin in some way. What about insulin resistance? Yes. Insulin resistance is a tough one. And with type 2, that is your that is your whole problem is insulin resistance. So 
I like to say that if you have autoimmune diabetes, you are just running out of insulin like a car can run out of gas. But if you have type 2, which is insulin resistance, what you just mentioned, you've got a full tank of insulin typically, but that insulin isn't able to do its job in your body. So it's a very different different cause, different best treatments. Interesting. Did you first get started to get treated for type 2 and then went to a different treatment when Lada was discovered? Well, it's a little bit, it's complicated because there's some overlap, but there's also some big differences. So for example, there are some type 2 medications that are fine for a type 2, but that a person with Lada should never take. It'll accelerate the death of their beta cells. It'll run them out of insulin faster. So so there are some type 2 treatments that a lot of should never take. And also the type 2 food advice is just not adequate. I like to say it's like bringing a grapefruit spoon to a knife fight. It's not <laughs> that it's not that the type 2 advice is wrong, it's just like not nearly not nearly enough if for if you have an autoimmune type, a type 1 or lada. Well, I wanted to get into the whole food and diet part of things. Have you determined that changing your diet and lifestyle has helped? Oh, it is it is fabulous. And um, there are so many things to do. You know, I used to think that Lada had kind of the worst of both worlds, but now I feel like it's very lucky to have Lada or type one and a half instead of one or two. Because, because um, well, it's certainly, it's in many ways easier than type 1 because type 1, your, your pancreas is under attack. You're running out of your cells that make insulin. And with type 1, you're likely to completely lose your ability to make insulin within like six months of being diagnosed. But with type 1 and a half, the earlier we find out and the more forcefully we start making all the changes that we can, we can maybe hold on to those cells, some of those last cells for years or even decades. So we can really protect our health. And like you mentioned, food, um, activity, joyful activity. I don't like to call it exercise. That sounds like work, but you know, <laughs> but go dancing, uh, walk with your sweetheart, walk with the dog, work in the garden, just be outside play basketball, just do something fun outside. And and there's many other tools, vitamins. And um, I have a whole section in the book that goes step-by-step step through all the tools that we can use to protect our health. Well, let's talk specifically about some of your food choices. What do you recommend? Yeah, I, I call it carb craft because like most people, by the time we're diagnosed with type one and a half, we're down to we've lost probably 80% of our cells that make insulin. So we just, and, and insulin always has to balance with carbohydrates in our body. If it doesn't, then we're going to have high blood sugars and that can lead to really bad health outcomes. So it's just about balancing insulin and carbohydrates. So um, I say spend carbs like gold. We don't want to get into a deprivation mindset. It's not true that we can't eat dessert. We can eat dessert. We can eat sugar. We can enjoy carbs. We can enjoy all the foods we love. We just need to be mindful of how much insulin we have and kind of buy each carb, if you will, with some insulin. 
give me an example of what you eat for breakfast. Well, um, uh, well, eggs are a great thing to have, um, and stir fries are a great thing to have. And I, uh, I know, I think that breakfast is a hard one. And I had a very, maybe, I'm just going to say, I had a very American idea of what a healthy of what breakfast is. I thought it was oatmeal or granola or pancakes or muffins. Um, and now, but if you think internationally and you look internationally at what people eat for breakfast, now I'll maybe make a stir fry. I'll, I'll make some cauliflower with yogurt on it, which might sound odd, but um, yummy vegetables. Look internationally at what, at what sort of breakfasts are out there. You know, a Japanese omelet, some places in South America, they'll have a stew for for breakfast. So yeah, there are some fun breakfasts you can eat. And how does meat play into the dietary role? Oh, I like to say to people that what I call carb craft is compatible with any any kind of way that you already eat. So if you love meat, that's going to work well. If you avoid meat for any reason, that's also no problem. You can still carb craft. Kosher, halal, any any way that you already eat is compatible with carb craft. It's just about mindfulness and balance and um, eating a rainbow. It's essential to have the correct amount of protein. I have a chapter on that. And then I talk about healthful fats and how to find them and how to tell which fats are healthful. Because, you know, we uh, we need fat in our body. We would We would die if we didn't have fat. Our brain is made of fat, has a lot of fat in it. So it's not that we want to avoid fat. Uh, we can find healthful fats and, as you say, a healthy amount of protein. I'm talking with author Jacqueline Haskins about her new book, Kick-Ass Healthy Lada, which means latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. Have you seen numbers go down from changing your diet and, and your lifestyle? I mean, do you still get your A1C checked or how do you determine whether any of it is working? Yeah, absolutely. Now, these days, when I go into the doctor and get my A1C checked, my A1C is down in the realm of someone who doesn't have diabetes. That's so, great. And yeah, any of us with diabetes can do that. We can be completely healthy. We can have the same health markers as a person without diabetes if, we, if we're diagnosed early enough and have the support and information and access that we need. Have you ever gotten to the point of needing insulin? Yes. And um, that's, again, you know, we have this sort of misconception in our society, and it's coming because a lot of us are really familiar with type 2. And if you have type 2, if you have that insulin resistance type, most people see starting to use insulin as kind of a signal that their other tools didn't get them where they wanted to go. They almost see it as failure. On the other hand, if you have autoimmune diabetes, as we mentioned, it's like running out of insulin the way your car runs out of gas. So there's no shame in putting some gas in your tank if you're running on fumes. That's a fine thing to do. It's uh, supplementing with insulin is just one of our many tools that can keep our beta cells alive longer, the ones that we have left. So you can eventually get to the point of not needing insulin, right? You know, everyone is going to be in a different place. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many beta cells did you have left when you were diagnosed? How easy is it for you to change your diet? You know, let's say that you're 
in a school or an institution or the army or someplace where you can't pick and choose what you're eating. You know, we, we, we just don't all, we're just not all in the same place. So it's hard to say. When you get a blood test and your A1C shows high, as well as maybe triglycerides, is is the question also appropriate to ask about those beta cells? Will they be able to tell what the number is or if you have too much or not enough? So when they see that you have diabetes, they may be tempted to assume that you have type 2 without checking. I'm so glad that I got my doctor to check and to, and to look in my blood, find those antibodies and say, whoa, this is a running out of insulin type of diabetes, not the more common type. Start to protect those. Sometimes though, I want to say to people that uh, diabetes is kind of a do-it-yourself disease. It's sort of like driving a car. You need a lot of help in the beginning. It's not like someone just tosses you a key and says, go figure out how to drive. No, you you get advice, you you learn the rules of the road, you get trained. But after that, you're really on your own a lot every day. You're going to be making decisions. You're going to make a dozen decisions a day about how to protect your health. And so a lot of it is just having the right attitude is saying, one, I'm going to learn. Two, I'm going to feel empowered and optimistic. And I'm going to just trust that, yes, I got this. I will learn how to drive and I will do so safely. And I will I will take good care of my health. You have that attitude. You're going to thrive. I was going to say it's great to have that positive attitude to, you know, kind of kick it in the butt, if you will. <laughs> it's so true. You know, they've done studies and they find out that a lot of people, when we get diagnosed with diabetes, we, we can become depressed, like clinically depressed, because there's just this wrong impression out there that one, diabetes is going to take away your dessert. That's not true. But two, you know, you're never going to get to eat the foods you love. That is not true. And um, that three, you're about to die a painful, horrible death, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that is not true. Ha- healthy, active people with healthy lifestyles develop these autoimmune diabetes. And with them, we can remain or become healthy. It sounds like a great approach to think about as far as there is hope. It is positive. It's not all doom and gloom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Based on your book, Kick-Ass Healthy Lada, you, you started out knowing nothing and have learned so much and have changed things around. Absolutely. And I'll, of course, a lot of inspiration comes from the type one community. And and once you start looking, you'll see that people with diabetes are Olympic gold medalists. They are professional football players. They are Supreme Court justices. They lead climbing adventures on Everest. So there's no limit to what you can do with diabetes. Again, if you're correctly diagnosed early and have good support from your medical world. You are quite the inspiration. We're talking with author Jacqueline Haskins about her new book, Kick-Ass Healthy Lada. How do we find out more about you, your book, and everything you're doing? Thank you. Yeah, the book, as you mentioned, is called Kick-Ass Healthy Lada. It's uh, available at through any bookstore or any book outlet, wherever you prefer to get books. There's also audio and downloadable versions. If you'd like to learn more about me and see some fun links, you can go to healthylada.com. So healthylada.com. Thank you so much for your time today, Jacqueline. 
It was such a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Food Talk for Health with Tonia King. Thanks for joining us. Eat well to be well.